Amen. Thank you again for being here. A um, couple things uh, before we jump into the word together this morning. Um, if you, I want to start with something, and especially if you are watching right now as part of our live stream, uh, or if you know someone, if you please kind of, if you know somebody that's regularly on our live stream or needs to be on our live stream and watching online regularly, if you could kind of listen up to this announcement because this would be a great way for you to pour into their life and invest in them. Um, one of the things that we're praying over with our church right now is really um, because there's been so many changes and there's so many new things that are going on, uh, we want to make sure that we're ministering to our congregation the absolute best that we can. One of the most unique challenges um, has been how to um, for people that do need to be not in person, and I know that there can be a lot of opinions on that um, and a lot of different perspectives, um, but just the heartbeat of our ministry is, is we want to minister the best we can. Uh, so one of the things that we are considering right now, um, and, and if it would be helpful, if it would serve well, if it would connect with people that need to be connected with um, and really foster that continual connection and spiritual growth, um, would it be a beneficial time for our church to um, add to those that are already serving as our deacons, um, some that would concentrate really on people who are unable um, to be in, maybe it's for a shorter season or because of someone they may be caring for, because of some health concerns, is a longer season, uh, but really want to be more deeply connected, not just in their walk with the Lord, but also with our church. Um, if you are part of that kind of virtual side of our congregation, if you know someone that's regularly a part of that, um, this morning, if you're watching our service on the Church Center app, on the right side of your screen, you'll see a link that will take you to a form, and, and there's some questions. We really prayed over these questions because these are questions that really will help us as we seek to figure out how we can best minister to our church family. Um, now, if there are some folks that you know that um, maybe through this time, and I, and I know it's been a struggle for different ones of us because, you know, connecting has become challenging, and even for some of us that are here, some of us that are home, um, you know, maybe we've stepped back from some of the intentional connection that we've had in the past, and maybe that's just a simple resolve as really just re-engaging, being disciplined and just re-engaging. Um, this isn't really aimed at that group of people. We, we, want, we want that just to happen as we encourage folks, uh, but we want to be able to minister well. So if you could please take some time to fill out those questions and answer those questions, um, it would be a huge help um, to making sure that we know and we have an idea of how we can best minister really now um, and into what we don't exactly know, right, what the future exactly is going to be. Uh, for our whole church family, whether you're here or whether you're at home, we have not, I have not posted this online yet, um, not for any specific reason, it's just, uh, I guess, uh, short on time. Uh, my niece has been over this weekend, so it's, it's like having an adopted daughter for a couple of days, so we've been enjoying time playing games and doing a lot of stuff, so um, this will get online this week. Um, but we also, this year in 2022, one of our, um, one of our serious intentional goals is to expand um, our elder board. We want to grow that elder board. And this is something that I've given out to our elders um, and our staff um, to pray over, and I want to offer this to you as well. Um, there's no description on here just saying, hey, here's all of our goals. Uh, this is simply just a breakdown of two main passages that talk about biblically what God calls out of elders, out of leadership, and really what we need to look for and pray over as we put people into the right roles of ministry. Um, I believe that this is a, a way that our church will really be able to accomplish more ministry, do more for more, um, and be more accountable, and really just um, be more faithful. This is, really, this is really about increasing our faithfulness as much as anything else. These particular packets, if you're here today, um, there's not a ton of them. Um, honestly, I didn't print a 200 because I want a good gauge on 
How many are leaving here? Because I, I believe if you take one of these, you're seriously going to read over this and pray over it. I really am asking you selfishly to please do that. Be a part of this um, because we want to have more conversations. Uh, but, if, but if there's 40 still back there or 39, because I've got one up here after the end of the service, um, I know that this does, for some reason just didn't hit a chord with you. And I've got to figure out a different way to say it because this is important. Um, but please make sure you take one of these if you can. Uh, they're on that back black table. Um, that's the only place they are right now in the sanctuary. So please make sure you grab one of these today on your way out to be praying over that. Um, let's get into God's word this morning. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. And if you don't mind, um, because, um, I, because I, whenever I go through a few announcements, um, oftentimes just in my mind, I feel like it kind of takes a minute to get back in the word. So if you don't mind, let's, let's not, um, I don't want to take minutes to get back in the word. Let's just pause for a minute of prayer um, as we go into God's word today. Because in Hebrews 13, where we're going to be, uh, as, as, I heard, as I heard some clear messages come through worship this morning, I, I believe that there is a side of us and, and, a, and a place for our hearts to expect great miracles, a great work of God. If I'm going to speak from a personal perspective and just kind of be accountable to my own story, my own life, and what I've seen God do and kind of when I've seen God do it, um, I have seen God do much more while I'm walking faithfully than do great miraculous works to get my attention to bring me back. And I think, and, and, well, I don't, I don't think, I know, in, in times where I've really grown in my walk with Christ and I've, I've, I've been walking faithfully with Him, what I can expect God to do, no matter how miraculous, is, is much more accurate, much more likely to see happen and and then my attention is greatly focused on really how do I give him glory for what's going on and what do I do what what I actually see so as I bring uh, as, as, as I come to you this morning to share some things out of God's word um you know sometimes I kind of um I probably get a little bit too caught up in the wording of things um and I appreciate Dale's heart to regularly pray leading into this and and I'll be quite frank with you, I, don't, I never ask someone to pray leading into a time of God's word if I don't trust their heart to pray and diligently seek the Lord. Um, but, but even as I, as I kind of I paused a minute when he mentioned, as, as Derek comes up to, to give the word, I, this is not, I, my prayer this morning, this has not come across like I'm giving this because God's word is always bigger than me. I just want to simply um, be faithful in delivery and not be in the way of it. Um, I, I like to have fun. I like to be funny. But, but um, God's word really needs to speak deeply to us. So let's just pause for prayer before we dive into Hebrews chapter 13 this morning. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you, Lord, how um, you have shown us in weeks, Lord, that there are goals for our Christian walk. And there's faithfulness that you call us to. And God, this faithfulness that we walk in. Uh, Lord, is something that you've designed. So God, as we see some design this morning, Lord, I pray that we don't hear this as what we, um, that we can just take a pat on our back because we've done this, or we, we don't go into areas of guilt in our life because we've failed. Uh, but Lord, we just hear from you this morning, God, that this isn't me delivering a message. This isn't me trying to figure out the right way to say something. But God, that we could just speak um, and we could just share from our life, Lord, what God's done, but also, Lord, just the, really the truth of what you're saying. Lord, we come humbly this morning needing a word from you and needing direction. So, Lord, help us to receive that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Um, I want to start, uh, we're going to be first six verses of Hebrews 13, and I, I want to start with the last verse because um, this is our second week kind of really driving this, this like, well, I don't want to say driving, riding this journey together on this idea of risk. And, and this verse here is one of those verses that I believe God gives us to really make sure that we, we hear it and see it accurately because we don't, we don't need to mismanage or misdiagnose or um, falsely assume or discredit risk in our life, okay? So this verse we're going to kind of keep in mind as we go back to the five that precede it. And I, I really want to ask you to keep this verse in mind as we look back at those, okay? Um, it says this, Therefore, we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, uh, we've been talking about risk. And, and that last third of that verse, well, it's really in it's four parts. The first part is just kind of the confession of like, this is what I need to say. But what follows that confession of this, I, I want this to be my heart's cry. Um, there's three main parts. The, the last part is the part that I think sometimes we want to kind of grab onto that part and let that kind of ride out our days. That, that last wording there, what, what can man do to me? Um, and I think sometimes we, we do. We, we need kind of, a, kind of a bold attitude, really, in, a, in our walk with the Lord. But, but if you notice, the boldness doesn't come in that attitude. This is week two of the earpiece struggle. Praise the Lord. Um, the boldness from that statement doesn't come from our ability to handle people. Because if you just take that as just one statement, is this where our boldness can be found? What can man do to me? Well, you know what the answer to that is? A lot. Right? Don't, don't get caught up on just the, 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 ident- the gender of the word man. This, this is really humanity. What, what can people do to you? What can people do to me? Well, they can sue us. They can break up with us. They can cheat on us. They can fire us. They can, um, they can fail morally on us. They can get lazy. They can neglect us. Right? I mean, like, really, if we're going mean, to make a realistic, I mean, that's not even the pessimistic version of the list. That's just the realistic version. Like, what could people actually do? And, and I think sometimes we, we catch a little bit of bold wind in this, and we, we kind of argue, what could people really do to me? Well, live another day and a half, and somebody's going to do it. See, the boldness isn't birthed out of, hey, what can people really do to me? That, that's, that's, a, that's an overflow projection that the first two parts give us. The first part is the Lord is my helper. See, that comes out of humility. It doesn't start with such an incredibly masculine, brutish attitude. It starts with, Lord, I need help. I, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't make it through what's in front of me. But, but relationally, Jesus as a friend, in, in power and authority, God the Father, Jesus the Redeemer, that, that Jesus is constantly, and, and see Jesus, even as he shared with his disciples, that when he left, the, the, this whole grand design of Jesus going back to heaven was not just to build some really nice places for us to live in heaven. Right, like he just wasn't like it wasn't like you know what that carpenter thing didn't work for the first thirty three years of my life. Maybe I'll go try it in heaven. Like that wasn't what Jesus was up to. The main goal was as he was able as he left this earth physically left this earth, then the Holy Spirit's presence was then able to indwell believers. And he said that when I send my Spirit, 
Jesus, the, the, the equal power, authority, and work of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. When I send the Holy Spirit to you, he will be a helper. Another, I mean, that's a simple concept, right? Like, I mean, think about it. What, someone that helps is, is they, 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 they're identifying a need in our life, a lack of resource, whatever it is, and then they show up. And man, praise the Lord that, that Jesus, isn't, Jesus isn't the great enabler. I think sometimes that's probably what I would settle for on some days. Jesus is the helper. So in, in, his, in his infinite knowledge, knowing my need, he then is up to the work that will best meet that need and work in that need. And out of that humility and seeking, then comes, I will not be afraid. That, that the work of Jesus in my life and the work of Jesus in your life is there to conquer and work in so that it doesn't win the day, fear. Fear is just simply, it's risk. It's, it's I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this diagnosis. I don't know, what, I don't know what this, what's going to happen at the end of this conversation that, that, that I think is getting ready to come from my spouse, and I'm getting ready to find out something that I never wanted to know. I don't, I don't know what's going to be at the end of this line of, of counseling sessions that we're, that we're committed to at this point in our marriage or in our lives individually. I, I don't know what the result of that is, but, but, but because of Jesus, and that's what it's anchored in, then it, then it opens up this, this ability, this option, this, this right, I mean, I'll, I'll say that word, the, the, the right to not be afraid, which means what Jesus can do in our life is Greater than, if you didn't catch that in the series on grace, I, <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, it, the whole idea was this is, this is not just about isolating the weight of one thing in our life, but it's about what Jesus does that's greater than that. Does this mean that you could be afraid, I could be afraid? Yes. But it's a decision based on a deep relationship with Jesus that we can choose not fear. Okay? So, that sounds like a pretty remarkable set of verses. But, but here's the funny thing. It then, we're, we're now going to go back to verse 1. And, and, and you're going to find out what I found out um, really studying this passage. Th- these, these, this one verse, these three parts after this one heart's confession, it's going to walk in some really ordinary things in life. But they are things that um, we, we struggle as people with discipline in. And, and sometimes we struggle really just getting grounded in a, um, in, in, a, in a concept that will hold us to faithfulness in that area. So let's, let's take on some of these. Now, we're, we're not going to dwell deeply in all of them because we actually, last week, if, if, um, if you were here last week, uh, if you weren't here last week, I would, I would love for you to go back and listen to God's word from last week. We talked last week about really confessing sin that's in our life what that would take, what the risk is to confess that. We also talked about the, the need and how much the Bible, God's truth, addresses the person that that sin could be shared with, um, how they could help carry that burden, how they could be part of what God does as means in that person's life for healing. Remember, we're, we weren't isolated just in this idea of forgiveness. We know primarily we're seeking Jesus for that, then other people if we wrong them, but, but this is a healing. This is, um, we're getting better. Remember that word talked about like it was a broken bone and that long process? Um, if, if you didn't hear it, trust me, I promise you, you need to hear God's word on it, not my recap. Now, I can say this. Um, 
there's a few messages that I've, 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 I've been blessed to be able to bring last week. After that, it was quiet. Both services. But here's what I can tell you too. This week, I had zero conversations about it with anybody. So I want to I say this again. As quiet as it was, sometimes God's word feels like a hundred pound weight that just lands right in our lap. Some things are going to seem heavy. And Satan will want to tell us in the days to come that busyness gets you to forget about it. It's not that big of a deal. And, and I, I'm not just speaking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to me as much as it is you. That confession of things we're struggling with, if we're talking about the work of healing, work of healing, then, then there must be a need for conversations. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just not the guy that's having any of them. And, 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 if, and if that's the case, so be it. If God's working, praise the Lord for that. I want to be able to pray with you, but, 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 I, but I just I, I feel in my soul, and I trust where God leads us as a church family together, whether we're here in this room or whether you're listening online, that, that, that there's conversations that still need to be had on that. It starts out here in this first part of the passage, let brotherly love continue. Isn't that interesting? That just sounds like such a simple statement. Let brotherly love continue. And, and as we talked about last week, um, let, us, let us just keep loving without end. And, and that seems like just such a simple concept. But, but have, you ever really, have you ever really found it very easy to just <clears throat> stop loving? Like you ever gotten there with that one person? And you've said, and I've said it too, I'm done. Right? I mean, and, and again, I, I, I don't want to belabor every one of these points, but, but what is the answer to that? Because I, I'm the answer to an emotional end. Right? Like, and sometimes I wonder, like, how in the world, and, and even if I set aside, like, the work of Jesus in my life, y'all do realize, and I know I say this all the time, but this is the greatest person I've ever met in my life, my wife. On days when I say I'm done with somebody, I oftentimes, I think God like wakens me up and says like, just look at your wife. And I look at her, I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, she hasn't said that about me yet. Because no matter what my reasoning is to be done with that person, guarantee you her list is longer. But we, we do, we find ourselves. So, so, so what, I mean, what is the answer? Man, just, just, just look into their soul just see their worth. Really? If that was the case, it would all be much easier than it is. I would argue with you that without anchoring our hope and our help in Jesus and seeing what he does in our life and trusting that that same work can be done in someone else's and, 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 and fall in love with the work of Jesus in my own life enough, I'll never really find hope that he's going to do that in someone else's. I'll just run out of emotions. It's quiet, so either I'm the worst one in the room or we agree, okay? Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Now, if, if you read back, I think it's Genesis 18, this literally happened with Abraham. Um, there, there, was a, there was an appearing of Jesus in front of him where where, where he treated them well, and this actually was this particular truth worked out. For, for us, and, and please be careful, I, I don't want you to kind of like run down a, a road here to go, 
oh, you know what? Angels must visit me every day. Who is it today? Like, okay, just look, easy, easy, right? Let's, let's not go chasing something that may or may not even be there. What can we anchor our heart in in that? If, if we, and, and, and just consider what last week spoke deeply into, what does it mean Hospitality simply is opening, our, opening a home. What does it mean to open our life? What, it, what does it require? What, what, what do we need to think? And, and how do we need to be focused? And who, and who is our anchor to be able to open our life to someone? As that love is continuing. Because what, what really is the case? We, and man, that is just a simple truth. We just don't know what's going on with somebody we're dealing with. But, but even in these first two things, man, the risk is great. What could people do to me? A lot when I try to love out of my love for Jesus. A lot when I open up my life to them. And sometimes my, my, my finances to them, my home to them, my relationships to them. The, 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 the risk is real, but, but the goal is this is faithfulness. And if we're not loving and if we're not available and we're not open... Then, then this hope of seeing a miraculous work in someone's life or even in our life, it's the percentage chance of that really just starts getting down to just nothing. Because we're so closed off, we're just we're so unaware. We're so we're so pulled back from that. And these are some big catch-alls. These are some ones that sound like, hey, these these could really apply to all of us. Verse three, it goes a little bit deeper into this idea of love. And, and, and opening our lives, and, and now it, it kind of it aims a target here. And this sounds suspiciously, in, in, Matthew, in Matthew 25, I believe that's where Jesus um, talks through how um, he addresses this thing where he, he gives a parable of the king, and he talks about how when you've treated others well, when you've given them food when they were hungry, when you gave them clothes when they were naked, you, you, you did this unto me. And, and you know what that unto me feels like, right? You ever had somebody just take really good care of your kid? And, and maybe you weren't there, but but like they just took care, and you were like, man, that just that just kind of resounded in my soul. Like I appreciate that. We got a um, we have a college student here at our church, um, and for the past few years, he has been my youngest son's camp counselor, and and I watch him through the week and how he spends time with my son, and and man, um, this concept rings so true. Because if, if, that, if that dude calls me, I believe I would practically try to walk through fire for him because of what he's done unto me in the way that he's treated my son. D- does that connection make sense to you? Like, just kind of nod if it does, like, or at least kind of shake, shake the sleep off, okay? So, so if that connection makes sense to you, just consider in an intimate moment relationally with the Lord and, and, and we talk about just like the feels of life. Just think about the intimacy when, when, when Jesus is working through your life and he sees what you do unto him, but it was aimed at someone else. Just think about what that, as, as, as our soul is, is just entwined with the Holy Spirit, what that connection does in a deepening relationship and, and love relationship and, and really starts to shape and draw our desires further towards him. In Matthew 25, the, the phrase, the least of these, is used. You know what I find funny, though? Anytime we use that statement in a, in a, in a faith context, the least of these, you know what nobody ever thinks? That they're the least of these. 
right? I mean, does that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're like the least of these, and you're looking around you, like, where are they at? Are they, are they hungry? Are they dirty? Like, who is it? Do they need a ride? And we never really realize, man, how broad that category could be. Because really, if we look at the least of these and we say, okay, let, let's define it this way, really. I mean, let's, let's, let's make an attempt on this. Someone that would be least of these, it is, it is the person, it is the group of people that are, are lacking in some resource to do something for themselves. Man, doesn't that sound really wide? Like, that could catch all of us in a way. Like, in, from the standpoint of just how we handle our marriages, some of us could be the least of these. We lack the resources. When it comes to just growing in our faith as a disciple, if, if we're a Christian but we, just, we know very little about the Word, then, then, then we, may, we may have prospered financially, but we are a least of these when it comes to just that spiritual maturity. Sometimes it is financial. Sometimes it is those things. But, but there, there's a great direction here. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them and mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. Um, if you go back, I think it's in chapter 10, I believe it is in Hebrews, it actually talks about some brothers and sisters that were in prison for their faith. And, and, and here's the thing. It says, and, and I really appreciate the language that's in here, remember those, and it says, as, as though you were in prison with them. Um, I may not, you may not be able to truly empathize. In other words, literally feel what somebody else feels in a certain situation. But we can sympathize. We can, we, can, we can share that feeling with them. We can have a similarity. Um, that, that's how Jesus is described and sympathy. He doesn't carry the weight of empathy when it comes to sin. He doesn't know what sin, guilt feels like. He, didn't, he never sinned. But, but we have to have a mindset that really starts to shape us and aim us at people. And, and this is gospel-centered. You know, I mean, we, we, when we look at what Jesus did, what Jesus said, he, I had a conversation with somebody this week um, about just the words of Jesus as he died on the cross, to, to look at a group of people who said, and, and he said it out loud, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But you know what the crazy part of that is? They were doing it. Like when, when they were gambling over his clothes, when they were disrespecting him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But, but when he opens his eyes or he, he redirects his eyes from the Father to these people, they, they were still doing it. Which, which just reminds us that, that in Jesus, in, in saying that he is my helper and how to deal with people, he can help me mentally and emotionally process people that even though I, you know, I want better for them, they still choose to live in the moment that they're in and do the things that they're doing, yet, yet, still, yet still sympathize and love towards them and act in love towards them. Isn't that amazing? I mean, without the help of Jesus, we look at that situation and go, what are they doing to me? What are they doing to me? Now we're going to jump ship a little bit, jump track a little bit. It's going to sound like, but this is, um, th this is, this is one of those, uh, at the end of a lot of books of the Bible, especially New Testament, if you, if you haven't called this, uh, last chapter reading is phenomenal. Because sometimes it's just like it's grabbing stuff all over. The, you ever like go through the grocery store just because you're hungry? And then you get home and you're like, all 37 of these items are good, but if I eat all 37 right now, I'm going to vomit, right? Because it's just, it's grab bag. This is what the last chapters of, of, of many books of the Bible, many letters feel like. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled 
because God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. I said, man, why, why in the world is this kind of random thing here grabbed and, and pulled into the last cha- this last chapter about um, marriage being honored and the marriage bed um, being kept undefiled? So God has a purpose, a design in marriage. And I hate to bust bubbles this morning, but that purpose in the, and design is not for you and I to be happy. Sorry, might have been the wrong Sunday, right? Don't, like, don't let the offering reflect, right? Don't let the offering reflect what I just said, but I'm just saying. The greatest relationship that we're supposed to have is with Jesus Christ. That's where we're supposed to have our, our hope and our joy anchored in, which means marriage has a a purpose and design that's supposed to help us reflect, show, and understand and live faithfully with Jesus. And the beauty of that is this, that if our hope is anchored in Him in that relationship, our marriage can be very hopeful, very joyful, very satisfying. But if it's not for one day, a week, a month, or a year, or a season... That doesn't mean that our life has to lack hope, joy. It also means that the greatest hurt of that marriage, as Jesus talks about when he talks about marital restoration, I believe that marital restoration, please hear me on this, is always possible. But also realize that it doesn't always happen. That's not a judgment statement. I'm just saying if we gauge it on who Jesus is, what's possible I know what he's forgiven me of I know that's easy to say I'm standing up here I have a faithful spouse I'm not saying that I understand the feeling of some of those events and conversations from firsthand experience but I'm saying again you know when we think you know what did this person do to me Jesus is my helper I can choose to not be afraid Even though this event happened, what greater can he do in me? And that's a long process. That's a long journey. A lot of conversations for one short comment out of a sermon. I know. But in this passage, really this heart is is about honoring marriage. It's about keeping the marriage bed undefiled. Everything outside of God's design for marriage is sin. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Marriage reflects the work of Jesus. So if you ever wonder, why is there this just kind of this one design that we see in Scripture about marriage? It, it reflects the gospel that is one design for us to come into a relationship with the perfect and holy God. Again, there's a lot of things that come up with that discussion. I can't solve them all this morning, but I can tell you that as a ministry, as a pastor, here for every single one of them with lots of deep conversations lots of love lots of prayer lots of kindness but this verse is pretty broad you know what this verse covers right here parents at some point if you've got kids you got to start negotiating dating and how you're going to parent them through dating years if i can make a suggestion to you this passage says something that i think is really strong if you feel like, if you, as you're parenting your child, that they're at a place in a season in life 
where they can make decisions and constantly be aware that it has to come down to, am I honoring even just God's purpose of marriage? Then that may be a season that they're ready to date. But if you look at your child and you go, look, at their age, that like, I, I, I get it, like marriage is just, no, like they can't even fathom the concept of that kind of faithfulness and even just kind of beginning to just have conversations about um, just, just what marriage can be. They're probably not ready to date. And I know I say that, realizing I'm coming in here this afternoon to volunteer with high school and middle school students. Some, three of them are mine, and, and many of them in middle school are in what they call dating relationships. My heart, as a pastor, I promise you, I'm praying for you. My heart grieves it because when I, when I hear really, um, really immature comments from, from a seventh grader, and, and, and they're doing this thing called dating, and they're, and they're physical with somebody, and they're, and they're relationally committed to somebody, and, and, and there's evidence that they're not really ready to kind of fathom this idea of marriage, and, and, and keeping everything from, from and, and remember, it's not just what happens between those two people, it's, it's about that future sexual relationship too. If, when, I, when I see evidence they're not ready to handle that, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't question your parenting. I mean, I go deep in seeking the Lord because I, I have three of my own. And, and, and man, these, I mean, again, because here's the thing. What, when is somebody really ready to handle relationships? I believe if we look at this verse, it's, it's really when, when they are seeking Jesus as their help. If we're going to look at it from really a Jesus-following perspective. Yeah. A sixth-grade boy, uh, you really looking at Jesus as your help? No, you're really looking at Nintendo. Right, but but this verse this doesn't just talk to, to to parents with their students. This verse talks to sing. Hey, listen, if you're an adult and you're single, man, this well, as a church and as a pastor and as as a ministry, we want to be here for you because it, it, honoring marriage and keeping the marriage bed undefiled is just as applicable to you and and your and your singles than it is um, married people that are out um, really giving their hearts and their eyes, um, guys to porn, um, women to conversations because somebody understands you that's not your um, husband that you think is about as ignorant as a door. Right? Like all of that still plays into all of this. And, and, and how do we stay disciplined? How do we instill this and in our kids? And something, and, and on a very real level, and I know this sounds very pastoral and very over the top spiritual, but, but if, if this is not anchored in Jesus, there is no point other than just to do what you want to do. And what gratifies and feels good. And, and jump on board with something, an ideology, something that takes us in a different direction. It's, it's, it's so, I mean, that, that's why you, when we think about just the magnitude of Christ, man, that, that he did as we sang. And, 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 the, and man, my favorite hymn that we ever sing, um, How Great Thou Art, that, that he died to, to take care of our sin. And, and that's a statement. That's the reason he died. Not that I would keep being able to sin, but that's where it would be found. And if you want to know how you're going to stay faithful and, and you want to even begin to think about how are we going to train a, a young generation on how to stay faithful in those areas and how to think about those areas, it's got to be anchored just like our salvation in Jesus. It's got to be. And then it goes from marriage to money. Like what? Are you serious? 
It's like argument ground over here. I mean, it's like, it's like Jesus was like, everything they argue about before they come to church on Sunday morning, I'm going to give it to them in Hebrews. They don't even know it's coming. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. Or abandon you. Man, that love of money thing is tricky, right? Because it, it drives us to want more. And you know, there's a freedom when we're satisfied with Jesus that our pursuits aren't so pressing. And, 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 and that dollar values um, aren't so serious that, that, that we aren't willing to let some of them go at the right times. And, and i, I got to be honest with you, and I, and I have said this to our elders, I have prayed, I have prayed and prayed and prayed over um, in, in goals because we do, have, we, we do have some financial goals for our church. We've been addressing one as far as some of the debt management of our church, and, and I'll, be, I'll be quite frank with you, and this is just kind of a simple statement. We have some financial uh, meetings we're going to announce coming up soon, um, but, but we are in our investment into different ministries. We, we are at a place to where I believe we are faithful, we are good stewards, but, but we've kind of gone as far as we can until we, we, we have more coming in regularly to, to be able to invest in certain areas, okay? Um, and and I, I believe in stewardship. I believe in faithfulness and what we have. That's, that's, that's the way we look at making decisions. And we, we're going to talk about some of these goals. But I want to talk to you as an individual just for a minute because um, what I do know, I don't know what people give, but I do know um, based on numbers how, how many people we have give and kind of an idea of amounts to where, like, I'm not an idiot. I can do math, right? Like, I, 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 can, I can add and divide and multiply and subtract. I got that covered. Um, I, I want you to consider, and, and there's some resources that I would, I, I'd, love, I'd love to give you. Um, but I would, I would like for you to consider this. Um, as, as I've really studied that, my, my heart's really been torn because I think one of the, one of the great um, divides and kind of misunderstandings that come up um, you start talking about sexual stuff, money, different things. I mean, sometimes it's tempting to let Satan want to convince us to either tell us, hey, you're doing enough, shut your ears, or um, uh, this again, this is not your place. They're just like everybody else, asking and asking. and asking. Okay, so j just with all that aside, I do just want to say this this morning. Um, number one, personally, I would love to I, I can sit down with you and I can attest not to, um, I, I'm not, I don't want to have any conversations just with, with um, corporate church giving. I, I mean, I, I can give you details and stuff I've seen in the past. Um, I'm equipped to tell you how God has, has worked in my life when it comes to giving for me, for our family, okay? I'm not bragging, I'm not doing any of that, but, but I, I've seen the discipline and, and the work that it really does take to, to keep the love of money, the, the, the desire to keep it in with me I've seen the struggle of that over the years. But I've also seen how he equips me to adapt. The two times that I've taken a, a new position in ministry, it has come with an incredibly significant pay decrease. And, and I'll be very upfront with you. Um, our commitment as a family has always been to, to we, we have agreed as a couple on a, on a base percentage, a tithe percentage that we, that we are going to give. Now, when, when the income went away, that amount went down. And I struggled even with that some. And how, like, how, do, how do we give that much less? But then the peace of Jesus reigns and says, 
listen, bro, listen, remember, this is just, this is for my glory that you're giving this. This is to repay my goodness. This is to keep in balance, not even just what you give, but, but, but how you use the rest of it. Don't worry about your amount decreasing. Like, I kind of own this thing, and I can work that out. But even with that, the faithfulness that, that has been there, because when I, when I dive deep, is there a verse in the New Testament that gives you a certain percentage? No. What's the practice of the New Testament? That they continue to tithing percentage. That Jesus tithed. Now, the percentage was different. It was actually a lot higher in the Bible, 23% roughly on a, on a three-year average. It's crazy. I mean, I know you think 23%, holy cow. But as a pastor, I want to ask you, and, and here's how much I'm committed to this. I don't even, like, I don't want to pour over the, I know faithfully that, yes, that tithe is supposed to be aimed at the place that you, you, you gather, and you, I, I know that. But even if you begin, and you're willing to take a jump, and there's ministry that's strong on your heart, and you're, and, and you're passionate about it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you don't give to it. But also, at the same time, I, I've looked at challenges in my life and thought, okay, I just, I just need to ease into this. And, and, the, and everything I've ever tried to ease into, I've never, I've never fulfilled. I just haven't. And there's lots of concepts. Generosity is really what the New Testament is after. Because the New Testament is after our hearts, not, our, not, not, our, not a set of rules. It's just not. But I can tell you, the same, the, verse 6 applies to this as well. If my hope is anchored in Jesus, if my hope is anchored in Jesus, if, if that is my helper, if he is the one that, that I go to with finances, that I go to with this concept of marriage and relation, if I go to him with all these things, then he will allow me to push back the fear. What are, what's the fear? You're not doing it now, so you can't afford it. Well, I can tell you this. When, when, when my salary got cut hard twice, whew, that thought came to mind. How are we going to make it? I can't afford it, but you know what we had to do? We, it wasn't just in our giving. We had to start looking at how, how, how much we ate out. We had to look at how we shop. We had to look at a lot of areas because why? There was such an amount of money. It wasn't just what I was giving. It was more than that that we had to look at and go, we got to make changes. And all of a sudden, I started realizing, well, if I make changes in these other areas because I have to, Lord, if I need to make changes for you, I need to do that too. But it's got to be anchored in Jesus. It's got to be anchored in Jesus. And, and the Bible, and I just, want to, I just want to caution you something. Whether it's about relationships, giving, hospitality, opening your heart, how to treat the least, no matter what it is, the Bible is the riskiest book you can read. It is. It's crazy. Luke 12 and Luke 21, financial advice. One of them, it's, it's a guy who's really, he's really prospered. And he, and he looks at the whole portfolio and he goes, you know what? We need to restructure. We need to build some barns. We need to store some things up for the future. Christian advisors would go, that's wisdom. In 21, a, a poor woman comes in, a widow, who has everything that she's got in her hands ready to give. And we would go, darling, listen, God knows what you need. God wouldn't expect you to give that. Then lo and behold, Jesus busts through both of them. Talks about the guy who was diversifying. He said, listen, you don't know that your life's not going to be called up tonight. Looks at the, this, this woman, this poor widow woman, and goes, man, she did the most amazing thing of all these people. As Jesus sat and watched, that's a rough preacher move right there. He sat and watched what people were putting in. That's a bold preacher move. 
When he talks about marriage and faithfulness, when he talks about how to open our lives to the least of the, who, who the least of these are, he calls to, you ever, just, just go look at his disciples. Not an impressive starting lineup. The Bible will flip you over. It really will. Matthew 6.21 says that where your heart is, or I'm sorry, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, Hebrews 13, and, I, and again, I know it's, it's the kind of the way some of these books end. Um, somebody today will probably tell me, dude, you, like your ADHD was too all over the place this morning. You were great. Man, my prayer this morning was just to go in and, and just, I mean, the, the scripture was over a lot of places in my defense. The scripture was over a lot of places. But do you see how it anchors, all, it all anchors back into, it all anchors back into that Jesus will not leave us or abandon us. And that if he's my helper, if that's where the dependency in my relationship lives, then I can choose to not be afraid. I can be bold in some areas that I haven't been bold in before. Relationally, financially, a lot of areas. And as a measure, in that dependency and with that boldness, what can people do to me? The list still exists. It will be a risk. Satan would love nothing but to take any of us away from today if you're awakened to, hey, we need to do some marriage work. We need Jesus as our helper. He'll either want to take you and, and, and trick you and say, man, I know you said you needed Jesus, but man, wasn't Sunday a great day? Y'all had some alone time at night. We, all the, I mean, it was just, a, I mean, the kids went to sleep early so it could just be y'all. Like, man, so y'all are good. Sunday's a great day. Or he'll want to take you straight into the most nasty argument five minutes out the door you've ever had and, and, and just go, you know what? It, it, it does no good. It, I'm done. He won't change. She won't change. Satan will do some lying this week. I bet he did some lying last week. And he'll do lying the following week. But Jesus won't. He's going to tell the truth. In a way that we all can handle it and live in it. Would you bow your heads? I really have no idea how to offer any kind of structured invitation after a message like that um, outside of this. If there's anything that you would like to seek the Lord on this morning and have somebody stand beside you or kneel beside you and sincerely pray over that need, whether it's for you or it's on behalf of someone else, that opportunity is going to start in a minute at this next song and will continue after that until you leave here, and then we just shift it to we need to make an intentional contact instead of just walking up and saying, hey, let's talk, let's pray. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, if you know that God's speaking to you about that, then let's talk about that this morning. But if I can just ask you to just let the, let the word of the Lord speak into your soul right now, meditate on it. If there's any of this in this passage that you feel kind of a tendency to kind of really question or got it, oh, like it kind of almost makes you cringe because it, it could want to seem to call an adjustment to a, a lifestyle or a worldview or, or a pattern that's in the past or, or a hurt that's happened or whatever that is. Don't, 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 don't push. I'm not telling you to blindly accept it. I, I'm saying 
Let's really dig into the word of the Lord together and see his design purposes and how he set up this world, our lives, everything. Because if I'm going to change, if you're going to change, if we're going to really take a big step, what's, what's worth taking that step? If my treasure is Jesus, I won't have to worry nearly as much about my heart. And if I'm not worried about my heart so much, it's going to change the way I live and the way I talk significantly. My decisions will never be the same again. And I pray that you start and see that for yourself as well. Father God, thank you so much for letting us be here today, Lord, just helping us even just to make it to this place. Lord, thank you from everything that is within us that in our failures and our frailty we don't have to stay there and live there and just wrestle with with that struggle always Lord that you are at work in us and through us around us towards eternity for the purpose of eternity but also God even just to equip us and help us through the now so God as as this verse took us in many directions God thank you that you're going to rein this in and give this direction all anchored in, Lord, that Jesus is my helper. I will not be afraid. <laughs> really, in comparison, what can a person do to me? What effect can that have in measure of the effect that Jesus can have in my life and wants to have in my life? So, God, I pray that that is what we seek, what we long for, what we desire, with, 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 a, with a passion that we've never known now, not 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 pacing ourselves, not, not waiting a month or a season or a year, but God, now, that we, 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 won't, we won't look towards the future, that we will live in the present, and Lord, let that be the work of God that leads us into our future. Lord, open our hearts in the way they need to be open, especially when we try to close. God, allow us to meditate, to concentrate on your word, and to give Jesus all attention and all affection and all glory. Now in this song, and in our walk, and in our conversations, in our lunch, in our afternoon, in our sleeping, in our awaking, in our work, in our leisure. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand?